Welcome to the Shidari podcast. This podcast is all about your mental health and well-being. We will continue with this new month and with this season dedicated to relationships and mental health. Welcome to Dr. Athera. Oh, thank you, Rashida. Welcome, everyone. How are you doing today? Well, I was um, trying to sort out a few things. Um, I was working a bit and I will still continue working after our, our podcast. Um, quite a busy day for me. What about you? <laughs> Sounds like a busy day. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. I've been working on some content creation and now the podcast mm-hmm. and later on I will have a course. Oh yeah, sounds oh, That sounds interesting. Thank you. So Dr. Sarah is a psychologist based in the UK and she has uh, a long experience working in different universities um, all over the world and now she's a relationship and love coach and she's helping us understand more about relationships. Well, Dr. Sarah, you probably know, uh, let's say, a healthy relationship is based on equally giving and receiving between two people, right? Right. That's true. But if uh, one part and never receive anything, well, maybe we need to start to asking some questions if we are in a toxic relationship. Uh, or if we are being manipulated. Um, so could you help us understand what is psychological manipulation? Or manipulation? Yes, of, yes, of course. Um, manipulation, unfortunately, happens quite a lot in different relationships, and not only in romantic relationships, but we have quite a lot of that also at work, um, at the, in the relationships that we form with our bosses, sometimes with colleagues, so it's something that is not uh, really only limited to to romantic relationships, but today we will we will focus on on romantic relationships particularly and talk about what manipulation is, what sort of manipulation quite often happens in uh, different relationships. Um, also, what kind of people are more more vulnerable to uh, being manipulated in relationships, and we will at the end also give some tips what to do when you spot that you may be manipulated in your relationship on a regular basis for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So, um, starting with um, what manipulation is psychological manipulation in relationships, um, that can be defined as um, exercising. Um, influence on your partner through mental distortion or also emotional exploitation. Um, that can happen to, uh, also with other family members. If we if we think about families that have children, psychological manipulation um, usually do not only um, include a partner, a spouse, but unfortunately it is. Um, it is um, extended. Ex- yes, it is extended. Thank you. I've lost the word. It is extended on all family members, and I will I will speak about it in in, um, in a few minutes. Um, but that's yeah, that's uh, so that's um, like exercising of undue influence on someone 
by using uh, emotional exploitation or, or different distortions. And if we think about this manipulation, why is it happening in the first place? Um, it is happening because the person who manipulates wants to gain power, control different benefits from their spouse or their partner, and also different privileges that they do not necessarily should be uh, getting. And all, all those things that the manipulating partner wants to get, it's always at the expenses of the manipulated spouse or other family member, if it is a bigger family. So that means that, um, as you said at the beginning, one per in that kind of relationship, one person, the one who manipulates, usually get what they want at the expenses of their spouse or partner. And that partner that is manipulated, um, they usually do not really get from the relationship um, anything. They just invest and invest in the relationship, their well, emotions, uh, their health, uh, money, finances, and pretty often that's all sunk cost in that kind of relationships. Unfortunately, many people realize it only when it's too late. And uh, manipulation can come in different forms, but today we will speak about um, three particular um, methods that are quite commonly used, and that's gaslighting, uh, triangulation, and silent treatment. And all those manipulation techniques are pretty often uh, mentioned, um, you know, if you if you go to YouTube or, or other uh, internet resources, um, if you um, look for gaslighting or triangulation, you will pretty often see that they are um, strongly uh, connected um, with the topic of narcissistic uh, manipulation in relationship or narcissistic um, abuse, and that's of course true, but Narcissists are not the only uh, people that are using these kind of manipulations. So um, I will explain a bit more about that too. So um, if we think about those people who manipulate, about, the, about general characteristics of those people, uh, those who manipulate, they are usually those who know how to detect your weaknesses. So they are aware what sort of um, areas their partner, their spouse struggle with, what are their weaknesses, their soft spots. And they use it for, for, to, to their advantage, yeah, to take advantage of their partner. Uh, Usually they have like, a high sense of analyzing uh, their partner so they know uh -huh. exactly what to target. Yes, they, they analyze their partners, but they also pay attention to everything that is happening or what is um, what is being said by their partner. So that's why uh, they are so you know good in finding those weaknesses and um, and realizing where to hit so it will hurt, yeah, or it will you know give them what they want. Um, and they always uh, use weaknesses against you. Yeah, so if you are a partner of a person who is manipulative, if you are, you know, showing that you have weaknesses and what those weaknesses exactly are, you can be sure that they will be used against you sooner or later. So that's one of the things. But of course, 
um, we don't expect, yeah, we don't suspect that uh, our partner is maybe a manipulative person. So it's quite normal to share weaknesses in a relationship, but unfortunately in toxic relationships, that's something that will definitely be taken against you at some point. Then um, another thing um, is uh, what they do, the, the, those who manipulate, is they, they are quite good also because of using those different manipulation techniques. They are good in convincing uh, their partner or spouse to do something um, sometimes against their will in order to serve the interest and fulfill the needs of the manipulator. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, linked to the boundaries that we, um, that we discussed before um, on your podcast. Um, because if a person has healthy boundaries, it's much harder for an abuser, for a manipulator to um, convince you to do something that is, you know, against your um, against your values, against uh, your norms, you know, it's it's not that easy. But uh, if someone struggles with healthy personal boundaries, it's, it is much easier for manipulators to make them do things that they are not necessarily uh, willing to do otherwise. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's also something that uh, happens when you are manipulated. And uh, also, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. You know, and the last thing that I want to stress here um, is that once a manipulator succeeds in taking advantage of their spouse or a partner or any other family member, they will for sure repeat this violation again and again. So, you know, it's about detecting the weaknesses and using those weaknesses against their partner and spouse. So uh, that, that is a thing that has to be stressed um, often because uh, people tend to give a benefit of a doubt uh, to their partners, even if it's not like a new relationship, but nevertheless. And uh, by doing so, they are actually enabling the manipulator to take advantage of them again and again, because mm -hmm. the manipulator is not going to change. They are not going to change, uh, you know, enough to, uh, to stop manipulating. They will be doing it. So that's, that's important. If you find yourself um, that you are be in a situation that you feel that you, you've been taken advantage of repeatedly, you may be sure that this is not going to stop just like that. And that pattern of behavior uh, that your partner is presenting will most likely um, or for sure will repeat in the future. Uh huh. You know what I sent uh, from the people that I talked to, mm -hmm. or okay, uh, the people who experience themselves um, toxic relationships, is that often people, um, these people are all smart. They know how to de detect exactly what to target, as you said, and with different techniques. And once they get into you, it's a never ending cycle. So if one is in, um, as you said, in a toxic relationship, I mean, it's better to not expect that this person will change. Exactly. Uh, 
uh, although they make promises that they will change and so on. And you might notice uh, in the next, let's say, um, few days, a little bit of change, but it will be back again into attack. So because they know what they're doing. And um, another thing is that uh, it's like we report there is uh, some uh, campaigns about, uh, let's say, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. But what about the mental abuse? As it says? This is a sort of being mentally abused and it does a damage, uh, but because it's not seen. So uh, it's rarely that we do notice or let's say realize that we are in kind of like a toxic uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true because, um, well, physical abuse usually leaves some signs that are very visible to uh, to bystanders, you know, um, if, if a spouse, a partner is beaten up by, by the other um, person in a relationship, you know, you have bruises, you may have uh, lacerations or, well, it's visible, right? And um, it's much easier to at least notice that someone is being abused in, in a physical way um, than when someone is abused um, emotionally because emotional abuse does not really leave uh, visible um, signs outside. Um, and that's one of the things which is so, so you know, important to stress over and over again, that uh, even if someone that you know um, is, does not uh, have any visible signs of abuse, like bruises, lacerations, or broken bones, or, or anything like it, but when you, well, have a gut feeling that something is most likely going wrong in their relationship, it's important sometimes to reach out and, and sometimes ask. Of course, when you are abused emotionally, you don't really want to share it because it's more, I think it's more shameful, um, you know, to admit that you are being abused in, a, uh, in an emotional way because, you know, physical violence is pretty much um understandable in the sense that if you especially if you are a woman and well you have a partner who is you know physically uh, stronger bigger than you then you then well if he for example but well that happens you know for both sexes i mean there are women who also abuse uh, their male partners physically but um you know that's uh, but that's also quite a shameful thing so you know when you are a woman that are that is abused physically, it's somehow, you know, people around you, they sympathize with you more because they know that you can't really do much about it apart from leaving the partner, right? So, uh, so in a way, you are sort of, you know, well, excused that you may be attacked uh, one day, you know, uh, surprisingly and all of the sudden and, and you know, you, you end up with bruises or, or a broken bone. But when you are abused emotionally, that doesn't, you know, sound that, um, that sounds like, you know, something that you, in a way, give your permission to. Because, well, if your uh, perpetrator does not use uh, physical violence against you, then people think that it's much easier to leave someone who only, um, you know, exhorts you. Uh, in in emotional way or, or manipulates you in emotional way, but unfortunately this is not um, this is not true. And emotional abuse might be even 
more bonding um, and toxic relationships than um, physical violence. And I will I will explain later on why this is actually happening because well it's one thing to talk about you know manipulation or how this manipulation looks like but it's also important to actually understand why some people are very vulnerable to this kind of manipulations why while other people may actually not be vulnerable at all and after you know seeing one or two red flags they just leave leave a manipulative partner and that's it but there are people who are in that kind of relationships for years. And why is that? And uh, that's something that, you know, we all should should understand as well. So I will I will definitely start um, explaining with explaining why this is actually happening. But I wanted to, you know, I wanted to also, um, um, you know, uh, say something um, to add something to what you've said. Uh, before you because you said that all those people who manipulate in relationships those toxic partners they are quite good and in finding those uh, those um, spots those weaknesses and and you said that um, also um, you know they they don't stop their manipulation they are very good at it but you can observe it and uh, yes that's true and I will I will also tell you why because um Using manipulation in relationships is most uh, common among people um, who have personality from the so-called cluster B. Um, so cluster B disorders are narcissistic personality disorder, uh, antisocial personality disorder, that is what we used to call sociopaths also borderline personality disorder. And there are some other ones, but those that I've just mentioned are those personality disorder that make people um, use manipulation on a daily basis as well, their pattern of behavior toward, towards their partner. And also those who are psychopaths, they are quite good at it too. And why is that? Well, all those, um, cluster B disorders, and especially those ones that I have just mentioned, um, they have some common traits that actually make them uh, use manipulation so easily and just treat it as a normal human interaction. And those, um, those traits are first um, lack of empathy. So that means that uh, those manipulators, they cannot really um, take a perspective of their victim. And mm -hmm. and that's why they don't care because if you know if you're doing something really wrong to another person but you cannot really understand in any way what you're doing and what sort of impact your behavior has on that person, well then you will just continue doing it, right? You, I mean there is nothing really that could stop you, and also lack of empathy is in in a way linked to. Uh, the second trait that is quite common and or is common is um, that those people have no remorse. They, mm -hmm. just, they just don't have no remorse. That's it. You know, during their development, they just didn't develop in, in well, the normative way. And one of the consequences is also having no remorse. So whatever they are doing to other people, their partners or their co-workers or anyone else, they don't they don't feel guilty it can they it, don't yeah mm -hmm. 
yeah, so basically they just don't care, yeah? Because if they don't feel guilty, if you don't feel guilty, uh, you can do anything. I mean, even, um, you know, driving a person to a suicide is actually okay because, you know, you just don't feel that uh, that is, you know, something that is a consequence of your of your actions. And that's that brings me to the third common trait among those people is that they cannot handle any responsibility. And that also includes, you know, responsibility um, for what they are doing. So, for example, as I as I've just mentioned, if it gets to the point that their partner is, you know, has been abused for years and they just can't take it anymore and maybe they you know attempt a suicide those uh, people with uh, with for example narcissistic personality disorder uh, or antisocial personality disorder they don't uh, link it anyway in any way to their own behavior they, they just don't feel responsible so that is why this manipulation is so easily um, done by them yeah, it, it's quite dangerous, and, and that's why uh, we are doing this uh, episode about toxic relationships and manipulation, um, because as you said, we need to uh, talk and open up and spread the word that um, vulnerable people uh, will actually manage hopefully to save their lives with um, what we actually um, is such an insightful episode so far. And um, I hope everyone who is listening um, will get to understand that, you know, being mentally abused or dealing with such dangerous personalities can have actually uh, an impact, a negative impact on, on, on your life and your health. And it will lead to even dangerous circumstances, as I said, maybe even to um, suicide at certain conditions or at certain levels. Um, so thank you, Dr. Rathira, for really, um, I mean, joining us for this episode today. Um, you're welcome. I'm always very happy to uh, talk about different um, kind of abuse that can um, take place in a relationship. And as you said, it's very, very important to uh, stress um, how, uh, well, how dangerous um that kind of abuse is because we can't see it. We quite often can't witness it because that takes place behind the closed doors. Usually those who manipulate and um, abuse um, emotionally or mentally, their partners, they don't do it, uh, you know, when they have audience. So all that kind of uh, abuse is very, very hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. It's it, to, to spot, let's say, that this person is being abused. And, and I would keep repeating myself is that when someone is mentally being abused, it's really um, a dangerous thing to deal with. That it cannot, it's not apparent like physical abuse, but it's something that's going on inside, you know, um, the mind of the person who's uh, being abused. Sometimes, you know, what is dangerous is that even the person who is being abused, you cannot recognize that actually they are being abused. That's the dangerous part. Yes, exactly. That's something that we will be talking about in the next episode because that's quite a, quite a uh, well, complex 
um, complex topic, why some people are more vulnerable and uh, why, is, why is that? While at the same time, there are people who actually are not very vulnerable at all to this kind of manipulation and they can uh, spot quite quickly what is going on. So uh, in the next episode, we will go into that and uh, I will try to explain um, how this whole mechanism of uh, abuse in a relationship, uh, especially like mental and emotional manipulation um, works and why for some people um, it is more dangerous uh, than for others. So, so that's one of the things that we need to remember that, um, that uh, well, the extent to which we are uh, vulnerable to different kind of uh, abuse, especially those uh, psychological abuse in a relationship is very strongly linked to our um, family of origin, uh, the childhood that we had, and also the bonds with our parents. And only when you understand this part, um, then you can understand why some people unfortunately stay in that kind of abusive relationships for long years without even noticing um, that something is wrong or well they kind of notice but you know it's not really something that would make them leave the abusive partner because maybe they believe that this is the normal treatment that they deserve or something like that but as you said we will talk about it um, more into detail in the next episode Yes, yes, we will talk about it in the next episode. Uh, so now maybe we will uh, time to talk about uh, what you have mentioned earlier. Uh, what are the strategies that the user use? And we will start to a little bit understand about what is lighting and how can we speak in a relationship? Yes, yeah, so... Um... As I've mentioned at the beginning, there are um, three particular strategies that I would like to talk today. And uh, we will go through them briefly. And then um, in the next episode, I will tell you more why those manipulation techniques work for, for um, you know, for some people. Well, why some people are more uh, vulnerable to those techniques than others. But um, the techniques that, that I want to talk about, like uh, one of the most uh, common ones is uh, gaslighting. And uh, this technique um, is um, this kind of manipulation uh, done to another person, to a partner, to a spouse. Um, that manipulation uh, forces the manipulated spouse or, or partner to question their thoughts, sanity and reality. So basically, um, they have their own emotions and reality denied. For example, um, the abuser can say something to them or promise something to them and then after some period of time deny that something like that was um, even said or promised. So that's like a, like a typical uh, gaslighting thing. Uh, this is like changing rules mid-game um, or sometimes there are completely different rules for 
for the person who manipulates and for the person who is manipulated. And that's, uh, that's emotional abuse. Gaslighting is always emotional abuse. And um, the, well, the term gaslighting comes actually from um, a play and a subsequent movie um, that was called Gaslight. And uh, in this movie, um, there is a devious husband uh, who wants to manipulate um, his wife. And he does that um, by uh, convincing her that she's going mad. And how does he do that? Well, um, that's like an old play. So uh, there is a gas lamp as a source of light in the play, like, you know, the, the Asian one, so to say, the old school gas lamp with the, with the flame. Um, and what this uh, husband does is um, he turns down the flame. And when the wife asks uh, who turned the flame down, why is it um, so dark in the room? He denies that anyone has touched the lamp and he denies that, that anyone uh, turned out the flame. So after a while, this wife, um, well, she starts... Uh, well, going insane, basically, because, um, you know, her reality is that she enters the room, um, the room is quite light, then she leaves the room for a while, and she comes back, and the lights are dimmed. And she asks why the husband, you know, did that, and he denies that it ever happened. So that's, uh, that's where the uh, term gaslighting comes, and this is exactly what um, narcissists um, do, with their partners in a relationship. And that, for, for example, um, gaslighting often comes uh, in a form of um, what kind of examples that I will give you now. For example, um, you can hear that, well, this has never happened. You imagine that. Um, and it can be about everything, of course. Yeah? We are not talking about the, the lamp anymore. That's about anything. So um, also another one can be don't be so sensitive. Um, that's quite a common one um, or don't be hypersensitive. Um, so that's, that's also what you can hear from, from a narcissistic manipulative partner. Uh, sometimes it goes as far as, um, as even accusing the manipulated partner that they are mentally ill. So, you know, that can be something like, well, I think you have mental issues. Maybe you need help. Uh, or something like that. That's typical gaslighting. Also, um, in situations when when the manipulated partner may uh, bring something from the past, you know, some sort of behavior of um, of the manipulator, um, they can hear, well, you should let go of the past. You shouldn't think about the past. You know, so it's like uh, you know denying the reality. Also, you know, something like you are exaggerating. Um, sometimes it may be um, like a direct, um, direct statement when, well, you do not have any right to feel this way if the manipulator does something which, which is very abusive and harmful, but they tell to the, to the spouse or partner that, well, you don't have the right to feel uh, this way. You don't have the right to be upset uh, with me or something like that. That's, that's uh, gaslighting. And my favorite one, uh, is the one that is actually quite commonly used not only in you know romantic relationship but that becomes 
uh, quite often something that is also used in, in workplaces, you know, when, um, when you have a bullying, bullying boss, um, you, you know, if you try start to talk with them or with your romantic partner about something that they've done and you didn't feel comfortable about it, uh, you can see, you can hear, I'm sorry that you feel this way. So, you know, you know, you are gaslighted in a way that, well, the person tells you that, uh, well, they are sorry that you feel this way, but they don't feel responsible in any way for making you feel like this, right? So, so it's like, you know, whatever they do, whatever, you know, atrocity they can actually do in a relationship, uh, you shouldn't feel this way or they are sorry you feel this way, but you shouldn't feel this way. So, you know, this is typical, typical gas lightning that, that takes place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, why that kind of uh, gas lightning manipulation um, in what forms it can come, um, it can come in different forms. So sometimes it's, uh, it's very straightforward, denying of, of uh, your reality or, or the, the reality of the abused partner. Um, so that's because the abuser wants to control the reality and wants to make their partner to, to doubt in themselves, to be confused, and to second guess the reality, like in this play Gaslight, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's exactly exactly this mechanism which is which is behind, um, because um, during the time when the abused partner is trying to actually sort the reality and and try to you know somehow uh, figure out what is going on, uh, the manipulator has even more time uh, to distort this reality even more. So in the end of the day, the, the partner that is manipulated, they will start accepting the reality that is um, depicted by the abuser because they will doubt so much in their own you know, um, picture of reality, what is happening, but they will just you know, accept the reality of the abuser. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much, and it's really, um... Very informative, and indeed, you know, even for normal healthy uh, women, after being uh, exposed to such games for a long time, you will end up believing this as your reality, and that's the dangerous part. Um, well, it depends also on your mental strength and so on and so forth. As you said, some people are more exactly. these uh, kind of games, and. Um, uh, so we will uh, move on to the next technique, and uh, yeah. So um, how or could you help us understand a little bit uh, more about it and how to spot it? And I just hope that the audience is listening carefully and because uh, you'll never know if you're mentally being abused or in a toxic relationship, and this may be your wake-up call. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, uh, there is also another um, quite uh, commonly used manipulation technique that uh, you can also um, experience in a relationship if you are in a toxic relationship, and that is called triangulation. And that's another um, another way of manipulating uh, your partner and sometimes other family members like children. 
And that, um, that is about creating a situation where two or more people in the family um, do not relate directly to each other, but they uh, relate to each other only via the abuser that controls the situation. And um, what, what does it mean exactly? Well, if two people have a conflict, for example, over something, um, triangulation would be uh, to bring a third person in this relationship, which is the manipulator, um, in order to uh, the manipulator stay in control of the relationship between these two people. Um, so there is no direct communication between those two people that have some um, some you know disagreement over something, uh, but it's all triangulated through the manipulator. So the manipulator um, they can divide and conquer, and they can play those um, people against um, each other or one another. And the typical example of triangulation is, for example. Uh, treating children differently in a family uh, because that kind of behavior fosters alliances between the manipulator and uh, different people in the family. So it fosters distrust. Um, people do not trust each other in the family and uh, it gives everyone a different story about the same thing happening. But uh, well, the manipulator gives a different story about the thing that is happening between between these people. And the only kind of a real story is the one that the, that the abuser um, knows about. But in his versions or her versions, everyone is bad and uh, the only good person is the abuser. And well, as I said, that usually happens um, when there are already children. Uh, involved in the situation, but um, doesn't necessarily have to be um, have to be only only in um, in family families. It can be also in uh, in a relationship between two people when you don't have children yet or or you don't plan children. It can, for example, um, take a form of comparing you to. Uh, different partners, um, different previous partners that the manipulator had, or their friends, uh, co-workers, or maybe even celebrities, like on Instagram. You know, and it can be it can be about everything. It can be about how you look physically, or it can be you know about what, what you do. For example, ah, oh, you know, you you've done this and that, but my friend, you know, he is more helpful to his wife or something. This is that kind of. Uh, that kind of uh, comparison. Sometimes they are not that direct, but nevertheless, you know, when you feel compared all the time to someone, including celebrities on the Instagram, when maybe your, you know, physical um, aspects are, are compared to, to, you know, the, the looks of the celebrity, that's also a form of a triangulation. And that brings... Um, that brings... Uh, that makes feel you less and also... Um, it makes you feel jealous about those people that you are compared to. So, um, so that's just how it how it usually works. It creates discomfort, imbalance, and it rips you out of your uh, self confidence as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, of course. For a long time, if they send you pictures, uh, as you said, 
you should do your hair or I see you uh, looking better if you change your uh, this. Uh, they want to create, uh, let's say, a new person uh, that is, or let's say, comparing to another celebrity. And yeah, of course, of course. It's yeah, not yourself. I mean, uh, your beauty, your everything, you will just got it. Mm -hmm. uh, at certain point, just start to question yourself who I am, who I want to be, and if there is anything wrong with the way they look, the way that I speak, the way that I act, and so on and so forth. Yes, exactly. And that also gives the power to the abuser. They get the attention because you start listening to them more, you know, they start uh, juxtaposing you with, with different people from, from their life or from Instagram or whatever other social media. Um, they have the power uh, and they also control you because, as you said, well, if, if someone is continuously being um, compared to someone, that is, uh, that is something that affects your self-confidence, your self-esteem. You start, you know, doubting who you actually are, really. So that's exactly why, um, why those who manipulate do that. And also one other um, example of triangulation would be also bringing uh, feedback of other people who are not directly involved in the relationship on those matters that are basically personal in a relationship. So that can be, for example, you know, um, telling your partner what your mother thinks about his behavior or what your parents think about his behavior or um, what their best girlfriend thinks about uh, your behavior. Yeah, so that's that kind of things as well. You are, again, uh, kind, you have to, you know, m somehow measure up with, with those, um, with that feedback, those opinions, you know, of people who are not actually a part of your relationship, right? So that's, that's another quite common um, thing that is happening in toxic relationships. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even people that you know, for example, they will just go and tell you, well, I spoke and talked with uh, the friend of my mother, and here is what she thought, and mm -hmm. so on. Yeah, I don't even know this person, and I was not present in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And how can I know that you know um, what you said? Let's say it's it was the truth. Yeah, exactly. Because quite often it, it might be completely made up. It doesn't even have to be uh, you know true. Sometimes it is, but it, it doesn't have to. And this kind of triangulation is often spotted much too late because uh, when there is this person who is uh, the manipulator, the abuser, um, they are in charge of the narrative. So they may appear as the only person who can be you know, trusted by both sides, for example, and other people starts to, you know, other people that are triangulated starts to fighting uh, between each other uh, they are upset, confused, and they also try to, you know, win the grace of the abuser. So, for example, you know, if we are talking about this uh, last example that I, I gave, about, for example, bringing the feedback from your parents uh, to the relationship and, you know, juxtaposing your uh, partner, if you are the abuser, right? Um, then the partner may start um, actually be, you know, the, the relationship that they have with your parents may start deteriorate. 
And then the parents will not know what, why is it, you know, about. And then, of course, the abuser gives them their own story. Um, while the manipulated partner knows why he stopped liking <laughs> the parents. But uh, it's because well, they were given a different version of the story. And then the only one who is in charge of this whole chaos is again the manipulator so this is why it's being done yeah there is a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there is there is and then you know the last technique uh, that i wanted to to mention uh, today is silent treatment and that's something which um, also pretty often happens in uh, relationships and this is what um those who abuse um you those who abuse want to use to get what they want from the person that is um, receiving silent treatment. That's one of the most co common techniques of manipulation. And um, a typical example of uh, silent treatment uh, would be that, for example, you have um, some sort of a disagreement with your, with your partner. It doesn't even have to be anything, you know, um, crucial for the relationship it can be actually something very trivial doesn't matter you know it's uh, the, the like the 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 topic <laughs> that can that can be uh triggering um the silent treatment can can be you know whatever the trigger can be really random sometimes uh so imagine that uh, well you have some small even small disagreement doesn't have to be a big argument you have some small disagreement with your uh, partner who is the manipulating manipulating partner um or maybe you don't even have an argument or disagreement you may just you know voice or your opinion on something but you know that this is your opinion is completely different uh to the opinion of your partner on the same matter so um, you know, after having this kind of like disagreement, um, your partner just stops talking to you or, and they stop responding to you when you talk to them and you don't know, you don't really know why is that happening because, you know, the disagreement wasn't that serious or maybe there wasn't even any open disagreement. You just, you know, voice your opinion on something, um, and then something like that happens, you know, you're being ignored. Uh, they don't talk to you. And if you talk to them, they also either ignore you completely or if, you know, there is some something that they really have to respond. Like, for example, I don't know, you need the car keys and you can't find them. And that's very essential because you're going for, you know, some groceries that, that uh, your partner also wants you to go. They can, without any word, give you those uh, car keys but that's it you know that's the end of the interaction so uh, and that kind of silent treatment can sometimes go you know for days maybe even for weeks i mean you know it all depends but that's that's definitely emotional abuse as well and this kind of manipulation is pretty much used um, for two reasons one would be to to punish you that you somehow you know, stood up for yourself or you somehow, you know, you you said something that that uh, your partner who, who manipulates you doesn't want to hear. Um, but it also can be to um, to get something from you. So by ignoring you, um, your partner uh, tries to get something from you. 
because you start uh, you start you know kind of gaslighting yourself in a way like what is happening right i mean we are in the room i talk to them they don't talk back you know they ignore me is it really you know something for real um so so that's something that is really you know not nice that's a situation that you want to uh, you know end and then you are much more vulnerable to do what what the manipulator wants because you just want to you know end this um end the situation which is really uncomfortable for you and and you don't want to be in it anymore so that's uh, that's why silent treatment often happens yeah it, it's not easy to, to deal with that until you give up and uh during that period as well as you said it's it's really hard to deal with it's question yourself what did i do and then as you said maybe even uh, lightening yourself and um it might be even another dangerous thing to use or uh which will affect also our mental health um so thank you dr Sarah, for helping us understand more about um these techniques that manipulators, uh, most common techniques that manipulators use. And uh, we'll finish this episode uh, with your advice on what we can do to start realizing that we are being manipulated. Mm -hmm. Well, the relationship. Mm -hmm. the, well, the first thing that um, we can, you know, start doing is to start realizing that um, this sort of behavior that we are experiencing on a regular basis uh, from our partners is not really something that is normal and um, we shouldn't really you know find excuses for our partner for that kind of behavior over and over again you know if something like silent treatment happens once in three years because well you really had some super big argument on a super important issue then it doesn't necessarily have to be manipulation but if it's happening on a regular basis and you deal with that quite often maybe a few times in a month um, then you know st stop making excuses yeah think about this behavior um, in a way, you know, what it really is. Don't, don't justify your partner's behavior in any way. So that's like one of the things that, that we should, you know, uh, start with. And also we have to acknowledge that what is happening is abuse. This kind of manipulating, manipulative behavior is always abuse. There is no excuse for that, no justifying if it's happening on a regular basis and if it's a pattern of behavior that your partner is um, is basically showing to you, um, well, on a daily basis sometimes. So just, you know, be aware that this is abuse because quite a lot of people, and we will talk about it in the next episode, quite a lot of people um, have a problem to actually recognize that that kind of behaviors are abuse yeah they, they sometimes are very surprised if someone from outside um will tell them that after you know mm -hmm. hearing their story or sometimes maybe after observing what is happening um but that we will talk more about this um, in the next episode why it is happening um but yeah if it's happening be sure it is abuse it's if it's not a um 
if it's not an event that is somehow you know completely um, happening you know once in a blue moon um, if it's ha if it happens on a regular basis then it's definitely abuse um, another thing would be if you are not sure whether you are actually experiencing abuse or whether you are in a toxic relationship think uh, what would you tell to your best friend or, you know, someone from your family, like sis your sister or your brother, if they were in a similar or the same relationship as you are, what would you tell to them? Would you tell them to stay and put up with this kind of manipulative behavior or would you rather tell them to um, take care of themselves and, and leave the person who is manipulating them? So that's that's another thing, you know, that you can um, start with. Just think whether whether if if you see that someone who is um, close to you, who is dear to you, if they were in your shoes, if they were dealing with this kind of behavior of uh, your partner every day on on regular basis, what would be your advice to that person that you love? So that's yeah. that's something that we can we can start with. There are some other things as well, but um, these I will I will tell you in the next episode because I need some uh, background for for you know those other um, things that you can actually do when you are um, in a toxic relationship. But what I've mentioned now is something that you can start with if you are not sure whether you are in a toxic relationship. If you still after well months or years of that kind of emotional abuse psychological abuse if you are still questioning yourself gaslighting yourself whether you are in a toxic relationship whether you are um, experiencing abuse start with that start you know put someone that you love in your shoes and think whether uh, you know you would tell them to stay in this relationship or whether you would tell them to move on and that's like the first thing that you can you can actually do and you know then um, start acknowledging that what is happening is abuse and also stop uh, rationalizing this behavior of your partner stop finding excuses stop you know justifying them like you know oh yeah he does that because he had difficult childhood or well he doesn't or she doesn't really mean it uh, they just say things without thinking or something like that. That's justification. Stop doing that. And when you stop doing that, you will see that there are actually no reasons that would justify that. So that's when where we can start, um, you know, realizing that we are in a toxic relationship and that something has to be done about it. Yeah, um, usually accepting or going from that phase denial mm -hmm. into acknowledging that there is a problem, there is an issue, is hardest and first step to take. There as you said, uh, there are other advice and there are other steps that you will also share with us in the next episode. Mm -hmm. um, yes I will in my opinion the um, hardest part, you know, going from that phase of complete denial that and accepting this behavior as normal thing to do or to deal with or the normal life to have into accepting that this is not normal, this is not what I deserve, and this is 
hurting my mental um, health and me as a person, and I'm being abused, this phase is very critical because once you accept fully and acknowledge that you are being abused, you can take further steps or even ask for uh, help from your support network, uh, therapy, whatever that thing that you will do next. Yes, requires going on to acceptance is the hardest thing to do. Yes, acceptance and starting to be aware of what is happening, you know, having this clarity and awareness that what is happening is abuse. That's Indeed. important to take actions, as you said, to reach out maybe to someone or, or you know, do or just leave um, the partner. But we need awareness and mm-hmm. we need to, you know, um, be aware of what is happening around us. Stop justifying behaviors that should not be justified and, you know, stop behaving in a way that um, you, if you saw your loved one or your friend being in the same situation you would you would definitely tell them not to uh, not to continue that and well you regardless of that you still stay in a relationship like that and you still well gaslight yourself that well what is happening is not abuse now stop doing that start realizing that this is abuse and as you said Rashida it's very bad for your mental health, it's very bad for your well-being, and it's actually very bad for your physical health as well, because your mental health, once it's deteriorated, your well-being, once it's really, really low, that will start affecting your physical well-being as well. So it's um, it's like a complex issue. Abuse is never limited to only one part of your life or, or one part of your you know person, just your mind or your body. It, it's usually at the end affects everything. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Atzala. I agree. Um, thank you uh, for this very informative uh, episode about toxic relationships, how to spot them, the techniques that are used and preparing the uh, um, this this is really precious and I, I agree with you um, putting ourselves in the shoes of the loved ones give us at least um, the place or uh, the chance to see what, what is happening from another perspective mm-hmm. um, thank you for this uh, episode well, the audience, please tune in for more related, uh, more episodes related to mental health and relationships. Always with the lovely Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah, thank you. Okay, thank you very much for having me here, Rashida. Thank you. Well, as usual, please be kind to your body, mind, and soul.